Welcome to the podcast, Leading and Growing Your Real Estate Business by Coach James Short. This podcast is designed to help you with strategies, insights, and ways to increase sales, build and lead high-performing teams, and ultimately grow your business. Your host, James Short himself, also shares some of his secret sources on how he helps his own clients achieve business growth quickly and easily. James has been coaching those in the real estate and property industry for close to 10 years now, and his clients keep on saying, since working with James, their results have been outstanding, giving them more money, time, and fulfillment. James is offering a free strategy call to those listening to see how he can assist you to take your business to where you want to go. Simply go to jamesshort.com.au forward slash strategy and book in a time today. Now on with the show. Hi and welcome to another edition of Leading and Growing Your Real Estate Business. Coach James Short here and welcome to another edition. Oh, it's sometimes you think back and you go, wow, if I could just get you know someone like that on the show, it would be an amazing difference and it would just have a massive impact. And ladies and gentlemen, we're very fortunate enough to have this gentleman on the show today. So strap yourselves in, turn the volume up. If you're driving, keep both hands on the wheel because we are very fortunate enough to have the man of the hour, of the minute, of the decade, Douglas Driscoll. Now, Doug, known to his friends, uh, is the CEO of Star Partners. Offices uh, 20, I think 25, 26 offices in New South Wales. An amazing journey, almost 10 years being a, a CEO with a great history of in the property game. He's a mad traveler. He loves uh, traveling the first time he, he gets it. Leadership and always learning. This is what I love about, about Doug. He's always, even though he may not be the avid reader, the people that he connects to, the, the publications that he does read, he's always a wealth of information. And uh, you may have read some of his articles and publications through all the different uh, outlets and channels out there and even been interviewed through numerous uh, shows and, and networks. So we are fortunate enough to have the man of the moment on the show today. I just Let's bring him online. Doug, mate, thank you so much for your time and energy and your expertise today. Not a problem. By the way, what an intro. What a welcome. Exactly as I asked you to say it. Thank yeah, you. you love that one? Well, I read that yeah, one. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? It's going to be a bit anticlimactic though now. That's a <laughs> now, like, we caught up yesterday and as I said, like we could be, we could be chewing the fat for hours and, and, and there's so many different things that we can go down and talk about. But let's, let's, you know, you are a man of the moment and you are, have got the word out there. Now, to the listeners, I do have a bit of a grudge. Uh, we both went in an awards ceremony last uh, last year. We we're both finalists of the Thought yeah, Leader of the going, Year. Uh, but you did you did get the better of me, and I just want to congratulate you. Even though I think it was the third year in a row um, as the Thought Leader in the industry, and, and this is what I'm really profound because you are like, mate, your 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 reach, your network, your what I call the finger on the pulse and the temperature gauge. You are the go-to person when something needs to be answered within the industry. They go to you, and uh, and this is why I wanted you, wanted you on the show to really, you know, pull apart a few different things, because as our chat yesterday, there are so many uh, areas where we need to unpack and ha and have a chat about to provide massive value for the listeners. So thank you once again. No, my pleasure, and thank you for having me on. Mate, I know there may be one or two people out there that don't know your journey. So can you share with us how you, you know, what has been the journey for you, and how did you how did you start that journey? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I'll give you the uh, the shorter version. Um, obviously, growing up, like uh, probably the vast majority of the industry, I didn't grow up as a kid wanting to get into real estate. Um, you know, Formula One driver, professional football player. Um, so I kind of fell into the industry by by sheer chance, I suppose, um, as you tell the observant amongst your your listeners and viewers um I, i'm not originally from these parts um so you know i've spent most of my life in the uk and I moved to australia about 10 years ago but my in my working life it has always ever, only ever been real estate um i did once upon a time many moons ago uh, used to operate as an estate agent uh, then i kind of I didn't necessarily climb the, the rungs of the ladder, but certainly I, I um, you know, transitioned into maybe the more corporate side of things. Uh, and then I decided to take the leap of faith and move to the other side of the planet. As you, <laughs> as you do. And so, so since you've been here, what's, what's been that journey like? Um, I think the first probably, I don't know, six to 18 months, it was quite turbulent um, because you need to relearn and recalibrate. Mm. Um, you know, you assume real estate is real estate the world over. There's, a, there's an extent of truth to that, but there's all those kind of nuances and idiosyncrasies. Um, so what I almost did is, yeah, just that, learn from, from scratch. Um, so that was a real uphill battle and a real eye-opener. Um, but what I think that gave me is the ability to really see who's who's in the zoo and also get a, a feel for the play as well. Um, I didn't then go into it with any preconceived ideas or, or assumptions. Um, but that first 16, uh, sorry, six to 18 months was, was a real struggle. There's no question about it. Um, and I've never lost sight of that, you know, that ability mm. to needing to uh, recalibrate and relearn. And that's actually held me in very good step because uh, what got you where you are today won't necessarily get you where you're going tomorrow, of course. So true. So true. So if you look about like the journey so far and you've had some great successes and some great wins, if you look back, what have been some of those successes and wins that have been a pivotal point for you that you go, wow, that was a great, and that, that was a great success and win that allowed me to do X or to do the business Y. What were some of those turning points for you? I suppose, um, despite you just having touched upon it, the, the kind of the personal wins, um, as good as they are momentarily about being able to sort of pump up your chest and, you know, uh, have people be proud of you. Uh, it's quite a fleeting moment. Um, and I certainly don't hold those as, as amongst my biggest accomplishments or biggest wins. Um, you know, I'm not just saying this to appear sycophantic or ingratiate myself or anyone. My, my personal biggest victories have been those when other people have succeeded. You know, I'm, I'm somebody who understands my, my role in the process. You know, I am somebody who, um, is a, a support mechanism for, for my offices. So when I help them achieve their objectives and their goals, um, that is probably what gives me the most satisfaction and I certainly view as my, my greatest success. Love it. What about on the flip side, right? What have been some of those, some of those challenges that you look back and you go, wow, that's a challenging time, but has, has allowed to shape you and guide you to, to come out through the other side? What have been some of those challenges and times that you've, you've taken some great lessons from? Uh, three initials, uh, GFC. Uh, <laughs> I was still in the UK uh, when that yeah, hit. Right. Um, Australia, by comparison, it was like a, a pothole in the road. Um, in the UK and more so the US, it was mm. like driving off the edge of a cliff. I mean, it wow. was bad. It was bordering apocalyptic almost from a uh, commercial sense. Uh, and the lessons I learned in that was staggering, you know, and it's, it, you learn a lot about yourself, um, you know, both emotionally, mentally, um, 
but just the strain it took um, and the ability then to kind of see things differently and not take things for granted. Um, actually, what some of the basics, the fundamentals of what we do, how important they are in, in actually um, underpinning your, your, your success or their lack of. Um, so the GFC, without question, was the toughest professional experience I've ever experienced. Wow. To put it in context, I think my, my earning during that probably 18-month, two-year period nearly halved. Um, so, you know, so on a personal level as well, I had the impact. Wow. You know what? It was the single toughest thing that I've ever gone through, but it was by far and away the biggest kick up the arse I've ever had. And it taught me a whole host of lessons. And I think like taking those both of your wins and your successes and as you articulated about lifting people, other people up and seeing their wins and successes and then looking at the trying times of the resilience and, and just getting through things. I, I, that's where I, I wanted to sort of segue into around around teams, around resilience and, and looking at, you know, you've got an amazing network, an amazing team around you that you're continually guiding and supporting and, and providing resources for. And if you look outside the, the, the bigger network in the industry as well, you, you've got a good scope and, and feel and temperature. What do you notice around the teams out there that are a high performing team, that are a successful team? What are what are the attributes and what are the characteristics that make up those amazing teams that do you feel? Well, I think if you take it back a step prior to that, I think recruitment is one of the things certainly that, you know, my or our industry suffers from. Um, we're not particularly good around recruitment. Um, firstly, identifying and understanding the role that's needed um, and secondly then going out and finding the person and actually attracting them into your business and ensuring that they are a good fit on a number of levels you know culturally uh, being at the very much top of that list um, yeah. also uh, for those those teams making sure that everyone understands the, the part they've got to play um, you know for those who know me they know I'm a big football fan in fact I'm a big sports fan uh, altogether most sports I love um, but football is my sport um, and Liverpool's my team now if you look at Liverpool as an example um, they don't have any necessarily superstars in their team they have some well-known players but they don't have a head and shoulders above the other superstar but every single player in that team has a very clearly distinguished role um, and I think that's one of the things that we need to, to, to really understand the actual objective of that person working there. Um, so yes, you need to find the right person, attract them, recruit them, but also give them a very robust job description. They know at all times what it is they're doing and how they basically play a part within that team or organization. Love it. And, and, and I was actually waiting for the Liverpool analogy. I can't um, help I it. <laughs> if, if I can't boast now, when can I boast? It's been 30 years in counting. Yeah, I love it. But it is so true, right? It, everyone needs to know their position and their, their role because you can have some superstars, but a team aren't made up of superstars. It's made of the collective consciousness all coming together to achieve that specific goal. And how you've outlined it's just it, it, it's perfectly fit because we can draw upon so many different sporting analogies into the workplace. So, so, so true. Now, if you look at that, now, if you take the team unit and if you look at into the leadership component, and now this is a topic that we're both loved to, we can unpack for, for hours and hours and hours. What do you feel makes up a great leader within, the, within an, uh, an office? But where do you think most officers fall down in their leadership uh, abilities? Well, I think certainly um, for, for any aspiring leader, I think, you know, the, the, the key thing here is, is, is be the leader you would follow. Um, mm, you know, yeah, uh, and I think a, a lot of leaders, first and foremost, they need to have 
particularly strong ethics. Um, they've got to have a, a very firm vision and be able to articulate that. At times, they need to be able to really challenge the, the status quo. Uh, and one of the, the biggest bugbears that I have with, with our own industry is that um, you see a lot of sales agents who, by very virtue of DNA, are very selfish. They then take the step up to being a, a, a principal uh, and that thus, by default become a, a leader um, and then they need to be able to be selfless um, and that's a very difficult thing to actually achieve because it is your hard wiring um, but you need to try to do it because as soon as you have teams as soon as you have people that you know look up to you um, you are responsible you have a sense of obligation um, so I think certainly as we uh, as we evolve as an industry uh, we need to I think backfill um, and, and learn some of those skills. Um, we need to go out of our own accord and, and really learn what it takes to, to be a leader, um, both in a, in a vision sense and a management sense. Um, and I think then what we also need to be able to do is, is articulate that, that vision very, very clearly. Um, there's absolutely no clear, there's no question about that. So communication is another vital component of a, of a leader's tool set. Um, Communication is absolutely everything in, in, in my view there. Um, but I, I, I certainly think that, yeah, we need to upskill, we need to self-educate. Because um, if, we, if we don't, then, well, what happens is we see people leave us. You know? And if you look at the, the burn and churn within our industry, that is part and parcel of the, of the issue there. But, but servant leadership, servant leadership is, is what people need to strive for. Um, you know, a question I often pose of, of a lot of principals now in regards to their, their staff and particularly salespeople is who pays who? You know, because the dynamic has shifted over the last probably two or three years. Um, True. And we need to, to understand that our role is servant leadership. We are there to help, nurture, support, and facilitate these people. Um, and we need to make it a happy and enjoyable environment to be working in. Because you don't build businesses, you build people, they build the businesses. It's an old cliche, but it's so, so true. Um, so that leadership piece was, was certainly lost in around the later part of the 20th century. It's starting to become more recognized and, 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 and more implemented uh, now into the 21st century. But in real estate in particular, that servant leadership piece is is critical it's of paramount importance and we need to understand that and we need to be less selfish and more selfless get push the ego to one side you know you know you do not want to own your own ego so uh, do what you can to help and facilitate these people um, and they ultimately will be happy you know by them being happy obviously the clients are better serviced and guess what that reflects then on your bottom line so true and I think that's a real missing link within the industry is that going from that uh, main sales agent to business owner, business leader, mm. where they're so used to bringing in 80% of the income and now it's like, okay, well, that needs to start to shift and, and how do we, as you said, serve and lead others so they, they come through and their own career progression as well. So you're continually you know, serving leader. They've gone from serve, serving and leading the, the vendor now we've got to let, need to look internally and serve and lead the, the, the team, so to speak. Where do you notice like the people out there, not knowing, naming names, but the people that do make that shift, mm. that do make that transition, what do you notice about them and their own personal journey, one, and also the impact on the business? I think a lot of those people um, are open-minded and curious curious minds as well. Um, you know, they, they want to learn. Um, if you look at our industry and I'm being quite general here, but, um, we're not the necessarily the most academically gifted of industries. Um, and kind of, you know, most of the industry kind of saw 
um, the typical traditional uh, journey through the academic system as being quite you know, laborious and they couldn't wait to get it over and done with and out there in the real world making money. But you should never stop learning. And those mm -hmm. people are very curious minded. Um, those successful people that you haven't mentioned the names of, but we all kind of know instinctively watching this who they are. You'll often see them at front row of the different training events for argument's yes. sake. Um, yeah. You know, they're not there for, for chips and giggles. I hope I can swear. It's not Highly, there. yeah, go they're for it. They're, they're there to actually develop and self-improve. And one of the, 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 the things I said during our, our conversation of only yesterday was we've all heard the expression, you know, you, you need to learn to earn. We mm. actually need to learn to learn um, because actually yeah. what we've done is we've become kind of set in our ways. We kind of think we know it all. And you may have mastered whatever it is you've mastered, but guess what? That's probably not relevant based on today's landscape. Um, so, you know, it's really important that we, 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 we get that um, because, um, I think yesterday's methods used today won't see a successful tomorrow. Um, and I think that the industry now, and more or less any industry, is so fast-paced and ever-evolving um, that, that we just cannot afford to let the grass grow under our feet. Um, because if you're ever static, you are definitely moving backwards. So the best leaders are the ones that still have a curious mind, um, you know, get up in the morning and actually want to have a better day than they did yesterday. Uh, and they know that self-development um, and, you know, broadening the horizons is, is, is center of that. Love it. So true. So many different, so many different aspects of that just rings so true. So fantastic. What now, what about those, obviously your journey, your personal journey has been shaped by different people, different courses, different things that you've, you've experienced yourself. Who have been some of those mentors that, are, that have made a, a big difference in, in your world? One of the beautiful things about the uh, digital age in which we now live is that um, a lot of mentors aren't necessarily people that you've ever met. Uh, yeah, that's true. You get such gold um, by way of content, you know, online now. Um, you've got some of the world's very best mentors who are there available free of charge on YouTube, uh, for argument's sake. Totally. Uh, social platforms. And I kind of look at that and I just think, Jesus, so much. There's just a whole... like library of, of footage out there if you actually want to go and seek it and the beautiful thing as well is that when you go start seeking it then ultimately based on algorithms starts <laughs> it'll come and find you <laughs> self-perpetrating so it's really interesting in that respect so um from my point of view uh yeah i've had a number of kind of mentors or, or go-to people um you know sometimes they're just there as a sounding board almost sometimes um just to give you a bit of a sanity check um sometimes you need those people though to be kind of very candid with you um you know and, and tell you kind of what's what i mean i'm very lucky you know my both my parents are always very matter of fact with me you know i grew up with three brothers so my ego is only ever going to be a certain size when you've got three brothers. Um, Smack my, down. yeah that's right you know as soon as i start getting a bit ahead of myself you know my girlfriend likewise you know she, she'll she'll put me in check and, and i'm actually grateful for those kind of people in my life in terms of you know learning from different people um information is everywhere you know you can you can learn from absolutely everybody um you know the, the, the so-called people that i'm supposed to be teaching sometimes will also teach me a hell of a lot you know it's yeah. not just monologue it's very much dialogue um but the ability to learn is the ability to open your ears and have an open mind uh, and if you if you can't do that then it goes back to that sort of you know stones and sponges you know you've got to be a sponge not a stone um yeah. because again Things are ever changing, ever evolving. As soon as you think you've got down pat and perfected it, you know you need to start all over again. It's a bit like the person that paints the Harbour Bridge in many ways. Correct, correct. So true, so true. And what I love about that is that continuous learning mindset 
ties back into leadership, ties back into teams, right? So it's all integrated that it's the continuous learning and not just from specific one or two people, but from everyone that you come in contact with and in and, and all different aspects. So, which is, which is the nice sort of nice dovetail and nice segue and, and a nice web component. If you look at it that way as well, if you think about, if you were to look back in a helicopter view of uh, an agency out there, that's looking to, to take it to another level to really grow their agency. What would be sort of your top three, messages or your top three areas or points you go if you were to grow your business these would be my top three what would they be for you i've just touched upon one of them um and you put me on the spot now but i would certainly say education you know like i cannot stress that enough um you know an analogy i've i've, I've used only very recently in a, in a conversation with an office last week was uh, if you think about the amount of time that we um spend actually practicing or learning our, our, our craft and then opposed to actually doing. I mean, imagine if you had like um, a heart surgeon who did the same thing, you know, I mean, it's crazy really. So we need to spend a lot more time learning and practicing what we do. Um, and, you know, I think personally, you need to commit to one piece of professional development per week at the very, very least. Yeah. Um, I also then think uh, that curious mindset, um, actually getting about, um, you know, see, see what, others are doing um you know what models are working for them what methods are working for them um is there anything that can can, can be um you know learned and implemented then in, in into your own business and i think thirdly is is the ability to not lose sight of the the customer i know that sounds ridiculous but i think you know we touched upon the sort of digital age and all this technology um i think we're drowning in technology a little bit um and i think a lot of agencies now are, are actually using it um, as a replacement of, of some of the stuff they do. Um, now, obviously, yes, you can automate certain processes, but we need to double down on the human connection um, yeah. because that is what's you know, keeping us in a job. Um, that is what essentially is saving this industry from disintermediation. So that is why people come to us in the first place. You know, they want their, their, their hands held through the process. So the good agencies are the ones that kind of go away and, and, and look at these things and understand what it is at the very center of what they do. And that is a little thing called the customer. Sounds bloody obvious, but sometimes we do of that and i suppose the other one is is about being honest uh, uh introspective self-reflective um you know and actually giving yourself an honest assessment and, and scorecard um you know i mean it, it, sometimes i think a lot of us me included to, to sometimes we, we we actually think we're a lot better at these things than we actually are um and i think that going out and actually assessing and getting some real honest raw feedback from others yeah. is imperative i think absolutely imperative and i don't, I don't think we do that enough what I love about those four components is that it all relates back to the person in the mirror. Mm. It's not a fancy widget. It's not a fancy piece of tech. It's not a fancy piece of a, a new shining ball or a rabbit hole. It's, it's the person in the mirror can, can have the massive change mm. and having that growth mindset, having that learning cap capability, looking at you as a person can make a massive difference for your business. So I think that's a, that's a, one of the biggest pieces of, of gold right there. It's, it all starts with the person in the mirror. Mm. And we can look at that and unpack that and work on yourself the most because that's going to be, that's going to come through your leadership. It's going to come through your team. That's going to come through your customers. So it's looking at all those components. But once again, as you said, it starts with the person in the mirror. So fantastic.
Awesome. Yeah, I agree. And I think certainly, you know, when it comes to recruitment, um, you're going to be able to attract the right staff because yes. they ultimately will be a reflection on your philosophies and, and beliefs. Um, and, you know, it's all well and good you being a visionary and, and, and wanting uh, you know, to learn more and self-develop and the rest of it. But it, ultimately, it, it is the people that build your business. Um, and if they're the wrong people and they can't carry out that vision, well, that, that speaks volumes itself. Uh, but true. I think curiosity is, is at the key of, of learning and self-improvement, in my opinion. Love it, love it. So what's coming up for you? What's uh, the next 12 months, couple of years? What's on the horizon for, for yourself? Certainly, um, we do plan ahead, but we actually typically don't plan all that far ahead, actually, fun enough. We would only ever plan kind of a quarter in, in advance. Um, you know, there are the big, hairy, audacious goals. Of course there are. Um, but what we typically do is take things in, in bite-sized chunks, you know, and we, we look at the, the here and now and the, the immediate future. Because... The reality is beyond the immediate future, it's very difficult to, to predict clearly. So um, our, our view is to, to double down on our services. You know, again, I said from the outset that we don't lose sight of, of who we are and what we do. Um, I have a belief system that, you know, I, I work for my offices. I'm an extension of, of their team, uh, opposed to being the other way around. Um, so just continuing to add value wherever we can and, and hopefully continuing making a difference. Um, but just, without sounding a bit cliched with you know quoting Bette Midler being the, uh, the you know the, the wind beneath their wings you know. <laughs> I won't uh, ask you to bust out a tune so that's okay <laughs> I, I was thinking about it actually. oh that's fantastic mate really appreciate your time energy experience everything today um, I know you're a super busy man I know we could be talking for hours but I just wanted to acknowledge you and, and say thank you once again and uh, all the best for the future thanks mate appreciate your time